Hey everyone, welcome to Real Faith in Real World Conversations, based on a sermon series by Pastor Tim Gibb, lead pastor of Bethel Church in Sarnia, Ontario. In this podcast, you're going to hear a conversation every week as we discuss the message and how we are living out our faith in our world. It's meant to be helpful and encouraging, and more than anything, a way to get you thinking deeper about your own faith. So let's jump into this week's Real Faith Conversation. Welcome back, everyone. This is our last podcast episode in our Real Faith series. I hope that these discussions have been helpful to you over these last eight weeks. If you hadn't yet, why don't you subscribe to this podcast so that when we release a new episode, you will be the first to know. For this final conversation in our series, we're talking about Pastor Tim's message on continuing in the faith. The message this week, it started with a passage of scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that talks about how in the last days there will be deception and a rising counterfeit faith. And Pastor Tim gave some examples of what this counterfeit faith looks like today. So Pastor Kirby, Pastor Dale, Stephanie, I want to know, how do you see deception sneaking into the North American church? Unfortunately, over the years, I've been watching a lot of uh, well-known ministers, people that we uh, really listen to and, and have uh, a lot of respect for. And then through the years, you watch and how they change their story. They, some of them are even authors. They have books and stuff like that out there. But then over the years, you begin to see that they're starting to go down a different path. They begin to have a different kind of faith. They begin to speak different truths. And then you begin to wonder what's going on here. And so as people of, of discernment, as people of, of the word, if we're knowing the word, we should be able to discern whether it's, it's truth or not, God's truth or not. But uh, that's where I've really been noticing a lot of deception coming into the churches through these well-known ministers, through these people that, that uh, and I don't know if it's because it becomes pride where they have elevated themselves to become a well-known person and all of a sudden they have a voice that's being heard and so they begin to speak outside of context, out of, out of God's context. I'm not sure where it comes from. But definitely I, I have been watching a number of these ministers that sadly begin to go down a different path. And then unfortunately, a lot of their followers will follow them and, and continue to listen to them. And, and it's, it grieves my heart to see stuff like that happen. Yeah, I've, I, I feel along the same lines. It started, I feel like it started at the, at the top, at the leadership uh, the, the leadership level where the their the influence is being controlled by their own desires, like Pastor Tim was saying, people controlled by their own desires. They have reached a certain level, and to keep that level, there's certain influence from outside doctrine, outside the Word of God, outside the church, outside the kingdom that has been influenced, and and they change their the the truth of God to something else, to uh, and and. For so many other reasons, but I do believe that it started at the leadership position where the message is flowing through and changes the mind of the people and the heart of the people, the conviction of the people. And of course, like, like we heard today, there's a double responsibilities from the person who hears and, and the person who gives. But at the same time, the great authority from the person who gives, if that person is being deceived or that person is, is have different motives other than sharing the truth of God, this is where deception is sneaking into the church, especially the North American church. Uh, I like the word that you use, motives, because I, when I think about this question, um, I think that 
Uh, like, I don't follow a lot of, like, famous preachers and stuff like that, but the Bible talks about itching ears. And it's easy to craft a message, I would think, in leadership, and tempting to craft a message that's going to gain a following. And so we live in a time where, like, any Christian can... We can listen to whoever we want. Pastor Tim talked about, you know, to guard who we're listening to and who are you following on YouTube and Instagram and everything. But we essentially can craft whatever message of truth that we want for ourselves, choosing from a plethora of speakers out there. And so I feel as though sometimes when I see things that speakers are more concerned with throwing out something that's tweetable or catchy or some... um, like quippy phrase that people can like latch onto and it becomes very popular, but it's just like a little bit of a deviation from what's actually true, but it sounds great and it gains a following. Um, and, and so the motivation, so as a preacher of God's word, what is your motivation and is it to proclaim what's true or is it to gain a following? And we have quite the celebrity culture happening in the church these days in North America for sure. And it's, it's easy to gain more uh, popularity, a greater following, uh, you know, like I was watching a preacher once recently and she was just throwing out like one tweetable phrase after another to the point where her message was obstructed and I was just like what is she trying to say but it was just like one clever statement after the next and I think like that's this is a trend that we see and I think in those things there can be some deviation of truth Um, and and as recipients of God's word we have to be careful that we're not just choosing messages for ourselves that um, you know that's that uh, satisfy our itchy ears, so to speak. It's easy to do that. Right, I agree. So that's where I see deception. I don't disregard that we're seeing it in leadership and in speakers, but talking about the church in general and the thousands of people that are part of the North American church, I'm noticing, and I, I, I hesitate to say this because I'm not trying to speak negatively about the younger generation, so please know I love the younger generation. I like want to be a cheerleader for the younger generation. But it concerns me a little bit when I have conversations um, with people who are in their 20s or in their early 30s, and they they jump to a teaching that fits the lifestyle that they want, uh, the thing that they desire in their life. Because as you guys have all been talking about different preachers and leaders, there's different messages that are being preached and taught that contradict each other. And that can align with what, however you want to live. So I've had a conversation with someone who is trying to determine how to live a biblical lifestyle. Um, but the way that they want to live is actually contrary to the Bible. And their response back to me has been, um, but God wants me to be happy. <laughs> and my response back to them is, actually, God wants you to be holy. The challenge is, is that they can find teaching Um, that would align with their desire or with their mindset that God wants me to be happy. 
And, and that's where I see deception sneaking into the church is that I want to live this way or I personally believe this way. So I'm going to adapt the Bible to fit my lifestyle rather than submitting our life to the authority of scripture. And that's very concerning to me. And I think that we see that happening in, in the church to those who are listening and through those who are speaking. And, and it's scary, it's sad, because people are walking away from the truth. Now, Pastor Tim, in his message, he pointed to two directives that the Apostle Paul gives in Scripture to avoid deception. And the first was to follow the right spiritual leaders. So tell us, why is it important to follow the right spiritual leaders? I've been in many conversations with people who've been hurt by church. And they and when and at some point in their life, they told me, Kirby, you know what, I'm done with church. I don't need a pastor in my life. I can do it on my own. I, I Kirby, I love Jesus. I, I'm going to read my Bible and, and try to do the best that I can. I said, listen, I, what you just said sounds great, but you do need a spiritual leader, right? If we, you do, you cannot, this is something, not something that we can do on our own. But he said, well, Pastor Kirby, I've been hurt so much. I've been lied to so much. I said, that's why you have to find the right spiritual leader mm -hmm. in your life. And for me, it's so important. I mean, I'm a preacher. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor's son. My dad was kind of my first spiritual leader at, 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 in my life for the, like, for the past 20 years. I've, I've took him. I'm a spiritual leader. But also, at the same time, even though I preach, I have other people over me that lead me into death in the word of God that really changed my life. As a preacher, I make correction in my own life, mm -hmm. you know, so I can be a right spiritual leader for the people that I'm leading, right? So uh, every believer, whatever position that you have, need a spiritual leader that you can have an example uh, that you can model your life by mm -hmm. and, and say, this like the disciples with Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit passionate about this because okay. this is, for me, it's, it's, so, it's so important. The disciples needed Jesus. And not only to see him as a miracle worker, and, and, but also as his life, his praying life, his, 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 how, how he approached other people, love other people. And that for me is so important. We, it's, it's mandatory to have a spiritual leader. Well, accountability is huge, right. like you've been saying. And we are uh, so prone to wander and veer left and right. Mm -hmm. um, when Pastor Tim was talking about that this morning, I was just thinking, yes, how important accountability is. And what was kind of going through my mind, and this might be a little bit of a detour, but like there have been some prominent, well-known ministries um, lately that have come under a lot of uh, scrutiny, and rightfully so, because the people in charge of those ministries had these great moral failures. And it's like what was lacking is like accountability. Right. So these people have these great ministries and these traveling ministries, but like who are they accountable to spiritually? Who's, who's shepherding them? Like we need shepherds in our life. The sheep need shepherds. Even the head sheep still need shepherds. And accountability is so important. Yeah. Accountability is very important for me. And growth is also important, too. I want to grow in my faith. So, yes, having a personal time of devotion every day is important to me, prayer time. But I need somebody as well, a spiritual leader. So the key word there is the leader. Spiritual is key, too. But the leader, having someone that I can trust that will lead me, that will challenge me. 
to read the word more, to uh, understand the word more. So yes, I can read the word on my own. I'm, I'm in my own uh, spare time or whatever, in my own personal time. But I really need that spiritual leader that will challenge me, that will take me deeper, that will grow me. And so that's where that discernment comes to as well. Who do I let speak into me? I think we're going to be talking about that in a few minutes. But who do we let speak into our lives? And I have to have that discernment to know who am I going to choose as my spiritual leader. But I want them to, to grow me. I want them to grow my faith in Jesus. Yeah. And I just want, want to add a little thing, not to go too long. But in uh, I've been in the youth and young adults ministry. And one thing that uh, I've seen, and not, not a lot of people agree with me on that one, but uh, what I've seen is that there's a lot of um, leaders or even the youth, they are looking for the pastor to be their friend. And that, for me, is something that I've always been careful with. I said, a spiritual leader is not necessarily your friend. You have your friend in which you can joke with and do whatever you want, go out. And while I can be friendly, uh, but I want a leader that will challenge me, like Pastor Dale said, will challenge me, will tell me this truth, that will have this, this perspective that my friend will not have, that I will be able to go to that, uh, not as a friend, but as an authority in my life, an influencer in my life that will say, no, that's not the right way, like you did with, with the people that you were talking to, Pastor Tricia. That you said, no, it's not about you being happy. It's about you being holy. That's spiritual leadership, the right one. So how do, you, how do you find those right spiritual leaders? How do you choose who you're listening to? They practice what they preach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just going right there. This is a real passionate subject for me. Uh, they, they practice what they preach. This is one of Pastor Tim's uh, characteristics and descriptions, but it resonates to me. For me, my greatest teachers in my life are those that are I listen to but I can see it mm -hmm. in their lives mm -hmm. and this is the kind of spiritually that I want to be as well as I teach it I practice it and 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 I think it's also a benefit because while you practice it you're just getting better in the teaching of it because you have this practical experience I totally agree with you one thing my mom taught me all the time was what are you Tuesday afternoon is it the same as what you are Sunday morning in church? And I think Pastor Tim talked about that in his message about um, what you are every day. But I um, just lost my train of thought. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> but but uh, just, uh, yeah, making sure that they are the same thing that they are on, on a Tuesday or a Saturday, as they are on a Sunday, and making sure that, that they're living. I think that's what he was saying in his message was, uh, you could see somebody on TV, but you don't know what their real lifestyle is. I haven't been to their home. I haven't been to their their community or whatever. So I don't know what they're living during the week. I see them on TV and I hear their message. But I want to know what they're living, like you were talking about, the, uh, uh, making sure that they're living what they're, what they're preaching as well. So that's very important. Pastor Tim has a good list of characteristics. Um, and you guys are really, like, you want to follow someone who practices what they preach. It's true. I think for me... The thing, the one that kind of rises to the top is um, about teaching true doctrine. Well, and also that their purpose is to glorify God. Because if someone really, truly, honestly wants to glorify God, then they're going to be submitted to the Spirit. But I know, like, when I'm looking to listen to someone, like, I'm thinking of this in the context of the week, and I want to turn on a podcast or I want to listen to a message, how do I discern, like, who that should be and, and where do I go for that? So for me personally, I'm... I gravitate towards teachers 
um, maybe over preachers because I, I like someone who can really dig into the context of the word. And a really big red flag for me is if someone is going off on a big preach because they've pulled one scripture out of one part and then off they go running with one. To me, that's a little bit of a like, I want to be careful about what they're saying. But if I'm listening to someone who's regularly like consulting God's word, looking at context, and to me that that, that helps to make sure that what they're teaching is is true. It's I understand that there's always an interpretive lens. I, I understand that. Um, but I get really leery of people that grab one scripture and off they go on a tangent, and I just think... I like when I see that when a preacher or someone I'm listening to is measuring what they're saying against the counsel of God's word in a broader context. That's something that's important to me. It's just like a practical uh, way that I apply that to me, my week. Yeah, that's great. So I think those are all really good and all very true. Um, I'm just thinking, so obviously, for those of us who are part of Bethel Church, we have Pastor Tim, and so I love the example of, like, you know the person, you see them in their everyday life, which is very true of our pastor, but then there's also, like, all these other voices out there, and that's not to say you can't listen to other voices other than your pastor, as Steph was just talking about how she listens to other voices. And I would say in my life, I listen to a lot of different voices. And to be honest, I don't agree with every voice that I listen to. Um, but if I, if I go into a message or I'm reading a book and I know that I potentially am going to have theological differences with that person, I go in as a critical thinker. I don't just take everything that's said or everything that I read as like, this is 100% true, I can trust what I'm reading and like adapt it into my life. Instead, I go in and I'm thinking as I'm reading, I'm thinking as I'm listening, and anytime something comes up that I'm like, I'm not sure, then I pause and I study it for myself and I think back to what I believe in. And I think that's important for all of us. Yeah. It's actually really important even here in Bethel Church. We have a great pastor who does his work and preaches the truth, but still as listeners, we should be critical thinkers. We should be stutterers of the word ourselves. We shouldn't ever take anything just as point blank, but we should be people who delve into it and, and determine like, is this what I believe according to scripture? So I think it's really important that you choose the right people, but even with people that we don't 100% agree with, we can still learn from them, but that doesn't mean you take everything that they say as 100% true. I remember my grandma Hazard said to me um, lots of years ago, it was like her one of her favorite uh, things when she was listening to different preachers, and she had been in the church for lots and lots of years, and she said, Steph, chew the meat spit out the bones. Oh. And I was like, that's good advice because lots of times we hear lots of different teaching, like you're saying, Trisha, like we have to weigh what we hear and there will sometimes be from the same voice really good meat that's like, oh yeah, that's, that is 100% true and stuff that's like, oh, I don't know about that. Right. So I think of my grandma, chew the meat, spit out the bones. Yeah. I've said that many times in my life. I don't know. I don't think I heard your grandma say it. I heard someone else say it, but I've said that many times. She's no longer alive. I didn't know we had this common yeah, denominator. Yeah, yeah. I've okay, heard that right. somewhere. I think the phrase I've heard is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, that one. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I would just say one other thing, and I we need to move on, but I, I would say like in this whole topic, the other really important thing is that you should not take a preacher or an author or someone that you listen to who is 
far off from your life and use that person as your example in your daily life Ooh. or as a mentor. Like you can listen to a sermon from a pastor you'll never meet and, and it can be beneficial and a blessing to your life. But if you're looking for a mentor, don't look to a stage. I would actually say look across the yeah. congregation. Who, who do you see? Like, I don't want to start listing people, but when I look around our church, I look at a woman who's 10 years, 20 years, 30 years older than me, and I know how she lives her life, and I say, that's who I want to become, right. not the podcast preacher that I'm listening to, because I don't know their life, but I do know so-and-so who attends Bethel Church, who is faithful to her husband, who's an amazing mom, right. who gives back to her community, who is a worshiper. Like, that's who I want to become. So I would say for all of us, that's very good. don't Preach. look to the stage, don't look to charisma, look across the pew and, yeah. and make those Ooh, people. Ooh, charisma, so deceiving. It's very true. Ex charisma is so Things can be packaged really beautifully. We right. need the discernment of the spirit. We need the discernment for yeah. sure. Okay, we're going to have to jump really quick and move very, because this is our last podcast episode. It's going to be the longest one. We apologize. But um, one of the things or the other thing that Pastor Tim talked about was this need to continue in God's word. And that's true all the time, but it's especially true right now in light of this false teaching of progressive Christianity that Pastor Tim preached about. And, and we can't go over all of this. You can listen to Pastor Tim's message, but I want to know from our panel, um, what's one teaching of progressive Christianity that you see, and, and why is it dangerous? My wife just shared with me this past week that she saw on Facebook that there is a minister, a very well-known minister, that has come out and said the Bible is not inspired. It can be inspiring, but it's not inspired by the word of, of uh, God to the people, to the authors. And I was shocked. I was like, you've got to be kidding me that a well-known minister is coming out to say stuff like that. So that really uh, surprised me. I know there's progressiveness out there. I know there's people that are coming out with lots of things to say. But to have a well-known pastor to come out and say that the Bible is not inspired, it's like, wow. Mm -hmm. Mine is uh, not the uh, number four. Affirming people's potential is more important than reminding them of their sin and brokenness. I remember back in Montreal, I was very unpopular because, oh yeah, I'm very unpopular in Montreal because of that. Uh, every time pe people, because I, I can be very motivational, but when it comes to the word of God, I'm very straightforward. And I said, I mean, you, you, I believe in you. You have the greatest potential. You've born with purpose. You have a gift, talent, and abilities. I'm, I'm one who says that. But every time I go back and switch it and I said, but this is not the focus of your life when it comes to your relationship with God. It's about uh, clearing your sin and bringing you back to the purpose of who God wants you to be. And so and, and nowadays, a lot of pastors, a lot of teachers or podcasters are becoming motivational speakers more than anything else. That just I, I want to make you feel, especially in the youth and young adults industry, it's, it's just come to youth night. You're going to you're going to find your potential. You're going to feel good. And, but they, should be, they need to be reminded that you need Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You need Jesus. Yes. You, know, you need to be cleansed from your sin. You need to repent. Right. You, need, you, need to, you need to stop what you're doing. Change your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. and, and, but they don't, and hearing this is very cringy for a lot of people today. Mm -hmm. so, and, and, um, and so uh, in, in a sense, when I, when I hear that, I say, listen, I, I want you to, to rise to your highest potential. 
I want you to, to get that career. I want you to become the athletes. God wants people in all those areas. But the true message is repentance. I, I just taught that to the, to, the, uh, to the youth about the kingdom of God. The first message is repentance. That's the first message. Yeah. Oh, boy, so many things. I think the thing I connect most with is um, pastors, Pastor Tim's discussion of, of questioning. And I know deconstruction is a big term out there. And I listen to people or see comments on Twitter uh, where this, this thing of deconstructing your faith, it's a very popular. And I really like how Pastor Tim said, like, questions are good because questions help us learn. But if we're landing at questioning for the sake of questioning, then that's not the right direction. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I just listened to uh, a guy last Sunday that Caleb and I listened to on Sunday nights, and he's a scholar that lives in, in the East Coast. And they were talking about deconstructing your faith. But sure, it's okay to sometimes even deconstruct doctrines that we've always been taught for the sake of always been we've always just learned them, but to question them, but with the goal that then we have a more robust faith that points us to the truth. Um, we can't just ask questions to ask questions. It's such a, it's dangerous. I mean, it's good to ask questions, but what's your, what's your motivation in asking them? And it should be to seek the truth and to seek uh, truth as the Holy Spirit leads us back. Reconstructing in truth, right? not right. just deconstructing. My, my challenge with this whole progressive Christianity, and I think a lot of these uh, different tenets of it, go back to this whole idea of an inspirational, encouraging, you got this, you're amazing, you can do this message. And when we dilute the gospel of Jesus Christ just to be that, we're turning the Bible into a self-help book. And it is not a self-help book. It is the inspired, authoritative word of God that can transform our lives. And I don't, I personally, I don't want to just be inspired. I can go to an elementary school assembly for that. I, I need to be transformed. We need to be right. transformed. And we need to keep the Bible as the authority in our lives, not just an inspirational message. So last question. We'll hit on this very quickly. In light of all this, how important the word of God is and how we need to hold it as absolute truth in our lives. How do we do that? How do we steam the Bible in our lives? Daily reading. Yep. We need to make sure that we're in the, in the word daily. I steam the Bible in, in my life by, with the desire to always, you know, make the Bible challenge myself. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I, like you just mentioned, I just want only to be inspired. I, I don't want to go to Psalms just to get it mm -hmm. feel good about myself in my in my sad moments no i want to get challenged you know the the Tim timothy is one of my favorite favorite book because i'm a young pastor myself and i like that when the when the, the paul says it's about instruction correction mm -hmm. and conviction it's 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 to touch you in a way that it transforms your life not only inspire you right yeah so good we gotta live it out uh, so this Real Faith in a Real World series, it's been so relevant to our lives and to our church and to the culture of our day. Now we need to take the things that we've learned, we need to meditate on them, we need to take them to heart, and we need to live them out. Every week as we've been finishing these episodes, we've asked questions to provoke you as a listener to think through the teaching and to apply it. And our final question is simply, 
What truth from this series do you need to start living? Let's not let the eight weeks of teaching from God's word just be messages that we hear and forget because a real faith in a real world demands that we put action behind our beliefs. We want to thank you so much for going on this journey with us and listening in on our discussions. We love you and we are praying for you that we will be people who are unshaking in our real faith in this real world.